Welcome to Wiregrass Daily News Sports. This is your daily look at sports in the Wiregrass and the Southeast. Dothan Wolves on 96.9, the legend producer, Philip Jordan, breaks the news, covers the games, and talks to experts in the Wiregrass and Southeast. And now, Philip Jordan. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to Wiregrass Daily News Sports. I am your host, Philip Jordan, in studio host and producer of Dustin Wolves Football on 96.9, The Legend. Got a fun show planned for you guys today on this Tuesday. I'm going to be joined by Roll Tide Wire site editor, A.J. Spur. We're going to break down Alabama's 24-10 win over Ole Miss from Saturday, and we'll look ahead to their matchup with the Mississippi State Bulldogs this Saturday night at 8 o'clock. And then you'll hear sound from Nick Saban, Hugh Freeze, and John Sumrall from their Monday press conferences previewing the week, and we'll go over some other SEC news. But before we do all that, let you guys know you can find me in the podcast. Find me on social media at PJordanSEC, podcasts that are available over at Wiregrass Daily News or wherever you get your podcasts. You can always email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com. Now let's jump into it with my conversation with A.J. Spur. From Roll Tide Wire. Everybody asked, promised at the top of the show. I am joined today. Our guest today is AJ Spur. He is the site editor over at Roll Tide Wire, which is part of USA Today. And AJ, I appreciate you coming on the show and uh, talking some Alabama football today. Thank you so much for having me. We're talking Alabama football. There's plenty to talk about. So uh, let's get right into it. Yeah, I don't think the sky is falling as much now after Saturday, uh, with the way it was last week. And I'll tell you, I'll tell a lot of people. So there's, you know, I'm in Dothan, Alabama, and uh, Auburn fans, Alabama fans, a lot of Alabama fans that are were panicking, and Auburn fans having fun with, of course, what was going on. And I said, we've seen this before. Everybody's down on Alabama. They're thinking, oh no, the, the dynasty's over. It's time for Nick Saban to retire, and then they. They show who they are, physical football team, run the ball. They win a big game by double digits. Uh, but w- w- what was your uh, what was your big takeaways uh, from Saturday's game where Alabama beat Ole Miss 24-10? to Well, you know, there were a lot of good things to note. And if you're an Alabama fan, there's a lot to be excited about moving forward as we see this team look a lot more comfortable. And if you mentioned it, so I'm going to talk about it. If you're an Auburn fan, it might be time to, you know, push the brakes on some of these jokes that they were cracking. Uh, while I could talk about specifics, really the big thing that stood out to me the most in this game against Ole Miss was that it looked like a completely different team in the second half. And I feel like in the weeks leading up, in the three weeks uh, leading up to this matchup, we saw the same team in the first and second halves of all three games. And against Texas, it was to the team's detriment as they ended up losing. Against USF, they ended up squeaking that one out somehow. Uh, But against Ole Miss being down at halftime and then coming out where the defense is hitting harder than ever and the offense really did seem to click. Jalen Milrow looked a lot more comfortable. The offensive line was a lot more physical. And overall, even the play calls I saw from Tommy Reese, there was just a different type of energy about it. So I'm not sure what happened in the locker room at halftime. I probably wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of a Saban halftime rant while the team is down. But, you know, it was definitely something that we had not seen in the three weeks prior. 
And I think for Alabama fans, you have a lot to look forward to because heading into a road game against Mississippi State, you would just hope they can carry over that momentum. Yeah, it, it was. It was a lot of watching different games. And, and you know, Jalen Milrow, uh, quarterback. I mean, and that was the big story going into He did play against South Florida. I think he played really well Saturday, 17-21, 225. He did throw the one interception for it. You know, that's one thing he does need to work on. But, you know, it, I think he'll get that with experience. I think he has all the tools. What was what was your uh, analysis or your takeaway from the play of Jalen Milrow on Saturday? Well, look, you can't ignore it. That interception in the red zone was ugly. It was a ball that should not have been thrown, and it, it was cause for concern, really, with how early in the game it was. A lot of people still unsure about Jalen Milrow. But as I talked about heading into the second half, there were a lot of things I noticed he did differently. He looked more like a confident quarterback. It, the one play I keep turning to is that 33-yard touchdown pass he had to uh, freshman Jalen Hale, where Milrow not only delivered an absolute strike of a pass into the end zone where only his receiver could get it, but with a defender flying into his face, ultimately landing a hit that grounded him for a good second, he stayed calm in the pocket. He let the defender hit him just so that he could get that throw off. I think a lot of people's concerns around Jalen Milrow are centered around the fact that once pressure gets to him, he kind of freaks out. When there's a designed run for Jalen Milrow, he's a superstar. Nobody can stop him, and and that's evident on those types of runs. But when he's scrambling and he has to evade the pocket, I've noticed he's not as confident. He's not too sure where he wants to go with it. And seeing him stay cool in that pocket – despite heavy, heavy pressure and an untimely hit that that knocked the wind out of him, apparently, he stayed calm and delivered that strike. And that's what I think everybody wants to see from Jalen Milrow. Be the quarterback, not necessarily the guy that extends plays, but the guy that can deliver the ball when and where the team needs it most. Yeah, and when you know you're going to get hit, you know that says a lot about the quarterback because it's very easy to, hey, okay, I'm just going to, take a dive or I'm just going to hold the ball and embrace myself. But no, he, he delivered the pass and the pass was great. You're right. And then where he delivered it, only, only hell was going to catch that. It's either going out of the back of the end zone or it's going to be a, a catch by him. And and that was the, the great thing about that. Cause a lot of quarterbacks can't do that when they're not getting hit, but to do that as you're getting hit, that was super impressive. Absolutely. The accuracy was great. And also improvement on the deep ball passes we saw even in early on in this Ole Miss matchup, uh, Jalen Milrow tried a couple of times to go deep down the field, and he's got a cannon of an arm. I mean, nobody can doubt that Jalen Milrow has the arm strength to deliver the ball wherever on the field it needs to be. It's just a matter of can it land directly in the intended wide receiver's hands only where the wide receiver can catch it, and that was 100% exemplified on that one touchdown pass. You know, and talking about the passing game, and I think a big topic of discussion around Alabama has been the pass protection. Uh, I think they do a good job in, in run blocking, but pass protection has been an issue. It was against Texas, uh, and everybody kept saying in that game, AJ said, put the other quarterbacks in. I said, if you don't have Milrow in there right now, you have about twice as more sacks if, if Simpson or Buckner's back there playing quarterback. <laughs> but uh, what what was your thoughts watching this game against Ole Miss? Solid team. Uh, you know, got solid talent there on the defense side of the ball. But the pass protection, how do you think they performed? 
Well, you know, we can't ignore the fact that Tyler Booker won SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week. So that right there should tell fans everything they need to know. This offensive line stepped up in a big way, and it showed. Uh, we go back one week to the USF game where both Buckner and Ty Simpson were in at quarterback. And, and I think a lot about when Simpson was in there, that left side of the line uh, with Caden Proctor in there, they were just getting beat left and right. Ty Simpson never really stood a chance in the pocket because he was just getting pummeled from uh, the blind side every single time. Now, when you have Jalen Milrow in there and he's a threat to run, you know, that in some ways eases the offensive line's mind, I would think, just because, you know, if you make a mistake as little or as big as it may be, there's a chance he can get out of it. Uh, you know, a la Bryce Young, where he would extend plays with his feet and make those amazing plays with his arm. Jalen Milrow has yet to show us what he's capable of as far as throwing while on the run. Uh, against Ole Miss, he never really had to do that. The offensive line finally backed up what they've been talking about all offseason, which is you know protecting the quarterback at all costs, being physical up front. And there were a couple quotes even after the game. I'm not sure if it was on Saturday. It could have been uh, yesterday. But there were quotes that came out talking about the kind of leader Jalen Milrow is. And actually, it was in response to a question about that hit he took on the 33-yard 33 33-yard touchdown pass. And I think it was Tyler Booker that said, you know, when you have a quarterback that's willing to put his body on the line for the team and lead the offense on, you know, such incredible drives that they had against Ole Miss, they are more willing to protect their quarterback, not like they weren't beforehand, but it instills the mentality of this is our leader. You know, this is the guy that's going to win us football games. We have to do everything in our power to ensure he has an opportunity to complete those passes, to make those plays. And, you know, in the run game, too, the, the running game was excellent against Ole Miss. Creating those running lanes for Voidell Williams, Jason McClellan, whoever it may be, that's extremely vital to this Tommy Reese-led uh, Alabama offense. Yeah, and, you know, I feel like that's kind of like the recipe we see in Alabama because really, you know, everybody makes fun or they were uh, concerned after – the South Florida game, but I remember the second half, Alabama got to the run game. They weren't throwing it as much, just line up, hand it to your running backs, you know, McClellan, you know, Roy Williams, all them guys there. And then now, you know, he and Jace had 105 yards in this game, 6.2 yards per carry and one touchdown. And for Alabama, say, okay, run the ball, of course, run it with Milroy at, at all, when opportunities there. But also just, you know, just kind of lean into that. And that's kind of seemed like that could be Alabama's, should be Alabama's identity this season. You know, Alabama's run game, when you look back to the early years of the Nick Saban era, when the dynasty was just coming to fruition in Tuscaloosa, they relied heavily on the run game. There weren't any high-profile, flashy quarterbacks to make plays. Sure, there were a couple wide receivers here and there that made names for themselves as stars on the team. But at the end of the day, they relied so heavily on the run that defenses, even if they planned for it, you know, it wasn't a matter of, do you know it's coming? It's a matter of, can you stop it? And I think that that's what Alabama's offense, you know, Tommy Reese has to let this offensive line know, look, moving forward, this is what we have to do. While the running back is the one that has the ball in their hands, it's the offensive line that makes these plays happen. So I would love to see, and I think Nick Saban knows that this is kind of the recipe for success with this Alabama team in 2023, 
that running the ball effectively, you know, you just mentioned some of those stats Jace had against Ole Miss. If he can carry that over into Mississippi State next week, you know, Texas A&M on the road. These are some heavy-hitting defenses that know it's coming. You just have to make sure they don't stop it. And I think Alabama has all the tools to make that happen. I just need to know for sure whether or not they have the mentality to keep it going for a full four quarters throughout the remainder of this regular season. You know, flipping over to on the defensive side of the ball Saturday, really good against Ole Miss. We all know what Ole Miss wants to do. I mean, Lane Kiffin, I think people outside the SEC, they look at, okay, he likes to throw the ball, quarterbacks. But really, it's, it's a run-based offense with Quinson Junkins. But if you slow that down and look, I don't know how you feel about it. I feel like Jackson Dart's kind of quarterback. When the game gets put on his shoulder, he can't really lift the team to that occasion and get past in the win. We saw it last year when they played Alabama, when Alabama took away the run game. Uh, they only had 56 yards on the ground in the game, and it went to Jackson Dart. So what, what was your takeaway with the defense? Because, I mean, they, they got plenty of sacks, and then, again, like I said, stopping the run game. Well, they held steady even after uh, a first half that I wasn't too impressed with. They came out of that second half angry. You know, I'm not sure what it was that set them off, uh, but Alabama fans should be thankful for whatever that was uh, because some of these hits, even on special teams, we saw just laying it down. Um, as far as stopping the run and Jackson Dart, look, Chris Braswell does a great job. Dallas Turner, of course, is, you know, one of the stars on that Alabama defensive front. And Deontay Lawson, you know, did his thing. It's a question now, is he going to be healthy enough to play uh, in this upcoming week against Mississippi State? Now, Jackson Dart came out, you know, with the energy that matched Quinn Ewers uh, in week two. He had that we-can-win-this-game mentality. Uh, And you saw him try to hype up his team on the field, on the sidelines. It just seems like over time, this Alabama defense broke down that uh, Ole Miss offensive line. And, you know, that's going to affect him in the passing game, in the run game, and what he can do when plays break down and if he tries to run. So I was very impressed with uh, with Kevin Steele and his defense in week four. I just hope they're ready for this upcoming week with Will Rogers and uh, Mississippi State's air raid. Yeah, in the game, too, I, you know, I think it, I lost count how many times Jackson Dart lost his helmet uh, when he was on run plays. <laughs> He's got, he's got to tighten that chin strap up because a lot of those weren't even, you know, direct hits to the helmet. Which I don't know. It might help out Ole Miss a little bit more. So you got Spencer Sanders out there. <laughs> I got to quit. Everybody's going, you know, which is a show in Alabama. So I ain't got to worry about the Ole Miss people getting mad at me for picking on the quarterback. Like I continuously <laughs> lot to do. Uh, looking at that matchup, Mississippi State, you brought up the air raid and it felt like we saw the old Mississippi State this past Saturday against South Carolina. Look, they lose 37 to 30, but Will Rogers, 30 of 48, 487 yards, one touchdown. He had an interception, a fumble loss. But this is really the first time this year with Mississippi State they really looked like they did under Mike Leach. They kind of more of a run game. Uh, Will Rogers was not throwing it as much. But what are your thoughts going into this matchup? And I'm going to go ahead and say this, AJ. There is no reason why, uh, other than because ESPN just wants to to do this, that two teams that play in the central time zone should be playing at eight o'clock at night. But <laughs> that is just my little bit around that. Look, I'll be up watching it, of course, but I'm just, I'm just saying, uh, for the other people out there that maybe want to get to bed early, 
If you're an Alabama fan, Mississippi State fan, not going to happen this week. Well, maybe Mississippi State, if the game goes away, we probably think it's going to go. But anyways, uh, what's your thoughts on, on, on this matchup between Alabama and Mississippi State? Well, look, if I'm trying to get cozied up in bed and fall asleep by halftime to a game, let that you know belong to the Mountain West or the Pac-12. That has no place in the SEC, especially in an SEC West showdown um, between a, a team that has an electric quarterback, Will Rogers at Mississippi State, man, you know, he's really made a name for himself there, but you have to wonder what could he have done elsewhere uh, with an arm that can throw 50 passes a game. Uh, last week against South Carolina, you mentioned it, completed 30, attempted 48. You know, he's got to be sore week in and week out throwing that many passes. But, com- but completing that many, throwing for almost 500 yards and only throwing for a single touchdown you know, raises a couple red flags to me. But at the end of the day, this is going to come down to if Alabama's secondary is conditioned enough to keep up with such a high-powered, fast-paced offense that is really spread all over the field. I say spread all over the field because they had one, two, three, four different players catch at least five passes. Griffin, mind you, caught seven passes for a whopping total 256 yards and a touchdown that stat line belongs in canton ohio all right that that has no place uh in just a you know weekday or a a normal weekend game during the regular season against south carolina but losing by a touchdown in this game really tells me that mississippi state doesn't have a lot of quit in them you know they are a little shorthanded on defense but that offense is going to give a lot of teams trouble, if not Alabama. I really do think that the defense that Alabama is going to put on the field this upcoming Saturday is capable of, you know, stopping Will Rogers or at least limiting the damage that he can do. This will also come down to discipline. You know, pass interference could be an issue if this Alabama team isn't disciplined. We've seen it, you know, look last year against Texas and this year against Texas. The defense was wild with uh, some of these penalties. Even, you know, last week, the week before, Middle Tennessee too, there are some penalties here that are just absolutely meaningless. And if they're going to be targeting wide receivers deep, you know, you would only hope Kool-Aid, Malachi Moore, and that whole team out there is going to be disciplined enough to cover their man without any defensive holding or pass interference. That's my biggest concern heading into uh week five uh, hey and the cowbells will be at full force uh we know yeah. that too as well so uh that's going to be a, a interesting thing when they go to go to startville you know and you know before we close up just looking at alabama you know the big picture rest of the season uh my opinion is i feel like the sec west comes down to november 4th when lsu comes to tuscaloosa that's just how I feel about it. I don't, I don't think Texas A&M is quite there uh, to be that team. We obviously saw that Ole Miss is not. Uh, but how, how are you feeling for Alabama when you look at the rest of the season? You know, it's hard not to stare at that uh, LSU matchup because I really do think that poses the biggest threat to Alabama's chances at reaching the SEC championship game, which, of course, is needed in order for them to at least have a fighter's chance at reaching the college football playoff. At that point, it's just convincing the committee, hey, we actually do belong here. And in order to do that, they're going to have to run the table. LSU is going to pose some, some issues. Kentucky on the road 
could be a sleeper matchup that fans aren't talking about quite yet just because how early it is. But that could be a game to circle on the schedule. And then, of course, the Iron Bowl taking place on the road in Jordan-Hare. Wild things happen in that matchup when they're in that stadium. So that's another one that I would uh, keep an eye out for. But if I really had to pick one game that's going to give the Crimson Tide trouble, it's got to be LSU in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, look, as a guy, I mean, I, I cover Auburn for last one college football, too. I write about them. I, I, I told my Alabama people I know, friends, I said, look, we all know what happens. When, when it goes to Tuscaloosa, <laughs> it's usually multiple touchdowns Alabama wins. But when it goes to, to Jordan here, Whoever knows what's going to happen. Uh, uh, we, we remember, what, two years ago, Auburn wasn't a good team. Bo Nix was out hurt. Auburn still liked to beat Alabama. So it's a, it's one of those games in that stadium. It's a wild ride. Uh, but, uh, AJ, this has been a lot of fun having you on, talking all things Crimson Tide. Uh, if the listeners out there and uh, wanted to check you out online, where can they find you all the work you're doing? Well, they can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Spur FM. That's S-P-U-R-R and then FM like the radio dial. And then if they want to check out what's going on at Roll Tide Wire, that's RollTideWire.USAToday.com. And we're covering all things Crimson Tide, uh, all different sports. But right now with football season in full swing, we are covering the Crimson Tide, the intricacies of the team, and highlighting upcoming matchups. So stay tuned for a lot of great in-depth content. All right, everybody, go check out AJ and all the great riders over at Roll Tide Wire. And uh, AJ, once again, I appreciate the time, and I hope we can do this again sometime down the road. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. Remember to check out the Jed Kennedy Coaches Show every Thursday night at 8 o'clock on 96.9 The Legend. Each week, head coach Jed Kennedy is joined by Jerry Coleman and Ken Lambert to talk all the latest with the Dothan Wolves. They'll recap the previous game and preview the upcoming matchup. You can also hear the Wolves every Friday night on 969 The Legend, where pregame starting at 645. Kickoff is at 7. Now back to the Wiregrass Daily News Sports. Great conversation with J.J. Spur there. Go give him a follow on social media and check out his work over at the Roll Tide Wire. Now we're going to look at some quotes and some clips Nick Saban, Hugh Freeze, and John Sumrall said on Monday during their weekly press conferences previewing the upcoming opponents. And all these clips come from the official YouTube channels of the schools, Alabama, Auburn, and Troy. Give them full credit here. And we're going to start things off with Alabama, who are playing Mississippi State this Saturday night at 8 o'clock. You heard my opinions on that uh, with AJ there. But anyways, uh, Nick Saban started off previewing Mississippi State. So, um, you know, this first SEC uh, road game, uh, and this is actually a bigger challenge for us um, than the last two games, in my opinion, in terms of, you know, this team is very, you know, physical, um, very aggressive on defense, create a lot of negative plays. Um, We got a lot of starters back. Uh, they know their system. They know their scheme. They play very, very well. You know, Zach Arnett, it's his system. He's a very good defensive coach. As the head coach has done a really good job there. Obviously, the quarterback has been an outstanding player for a long time. But, you know, with, you know, the the, the new offense that they run, uh, there's a lot more balance in it. They've got two really good backs that are very, very productive when they run the football. 
Um, they've got a really, really good receiver, uh, you know, number five, Griffin, who um, is very, very productive. And they made a lot of explosive plays. Um, they throw for 250 yards or so in the passing game. Uh, they play really good on special teams. So, you know, this is an overall really, really good team. And it's going to be a real challenge for us playing on the road in the SEC to play against, you know, this team this week. And this is something that our players have to really focus on and do a great job in preparation so we can eliminate, you know, some of these things that have happened in games where, you know, we've they, whether they're drive stoppers or giving up a big play or whatever it is, we, we've got to eliminate those things. Yeah, and they was talking about you're talking about Will Rogers, and he had a big game. We talked about it a little bit with AJ. Uh, 30 of 48, 487, one touchdown, one interception against South Carolina. At the receiver position, uh, the Diedrich Griffin, seven catches, 206 yards, and one touchdown. So they have the possibility of play. Even, I mean, Justin Robinson was the number two receiver on Saturday against South Carolina in that loss, 37 30. He has six catches for 91 yards. So, Mississippi State does have some players that can all uh, create some big plays. Now, Nick Saban was asked about wide receiver Jalen Hill. Of course, he caught the long touchdown pass from Jalen Milrow against Ole Miss. And uh, Nick Saban said he did a good job, made big plays. We need to work hard with him to try to get him to where he needs to be and make sure that he's out there playing with confidence and good understanding of the overall system of what we're trying to get done on each play in every play. And he showed potential there with that catch. Now, Nick Saban was also asked uh, about Mike Leach. Of course, unfortunately, Mike Leach passed away after last season. Um, and this has uh, been a tough time for everybody in college football who misses Mike Leach. Uh, Nick Saban shared his thoughts on Mike Leach on Monday. Well, you know, I love, you know, Mike Leach. He was, you know, uh, he's different, but in a good way. Um, had a great sense of humor, uh, obviously presented, you know, uh, an offensive system and scheme, whatever you want to call it or name it, that was unique and very challenging. Uh, but he believed in it and, you know, kind of did it his way and always had a tremendous amount of respect for him as a coach, but really liked him as a person. Yeah, I mean, everybody always has the best things to say about Mike Leach. So Nick Saban obviously has fond memories of the uh, the late head coach of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, Nick Saban also asked about Deontay Lawson, who went out early against Ole Miss. And he said, if he can't go, we played most of the game this last week. Rajad Campbell and Tresman Marshall uh, playing. He said, that'll be the way they go if Lawson cannot so that's just some of the things, uh, highlights from what Nick Saban had to say in his press conference. Now let's jump into Hugh Freeze. Uh, he got asked a lot about quarterbacks, Peyton Thorne, Robbie Ashford. So they've been waiting on that, but it's probably the way they would go, Peyton Thorne at number one. He did talk about, too, that Peyton has been really good in practice. Uh, we keep hoping to see that translate into games. He went into the injuries there. Also, he said Demari Austin running back will be out for a good period of time. Uh, Donovan Kaufman, he is day-to-day with an ankle. So so is Zion Puckett and J.D. Rim. And then he was asked about to talk about the Georgia rivalry. And this is what Hugh Freeze had to say. Well, I mean, I don't want to quote something that's inaccurate, but it, I, 
uh, it's the oldest rivalry in the South for sure. I don't, I don't know about nationally, but um, it's, 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 am I, am I saying that correctly? Um, so um, I, I don't sense that it has, uh, um, I better not, I don't know, this is right or wrong, but I'm new here, <laughs> but I, I don't sense the hatred that is in some other rivalries that I've been a part of, but nonetheless, I think it's, uh, I think it's intense. Okay. Well, I'll find out. Um, you know, I, I'm not big on hate. I, I'm really not. I'm, 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 I'm big on just man that this means something to so many people. So we should compete in a way out of love for our people, not necessarily for hate for other people. That's kind of the way I, I operate, but man, I, I, I hope we compete because we love Auburn and it means something to the Auburn people to compete against Georgia. So, um, that, that'll, that'll be my approach. And, um, but nonetheless, that love is a great motivator for me. So. Yeah. So obviously Hugh Freeze new to the Auburn Georgia rivalry and I've only not really felt like the Auburn Georgia rivalry had a lot of hate to it, maybe because Georgia's won nine of the last 10 and six straight. So it hasn't been as much as a rivalry either on the Auburn side of things. I don't think that's going to change this Saturday, uh, but maybe down the road, Hugh Freeze can change that. It's been obviously more of the rivalry with Alabama and then even LSU's kind of been back and forth. Uh, so I feel like the rivalry thing is a little bit less on this game. Uh, historically it is one, but it's really just been one-sided really the last 15 years uh, because of Georgia. Now, he frees to talk about how this is a huge recruiting weekend for Auburn. They're at home, expecting a big crowd, big game. These are ones you really want to have all the recruits there. He said for the recruiting team, it's going to be all hands on deck. He really wants them to see what Auburn's all about with the atmosphere and everything. So they should get a good look at that with Auburn because despite Auburn struggling last week, you can still expect a big turnout from the Auburn fans. And then. Hugh Freeze was asked about Kirby Smart. I played Kirby his first year um, when I was still at Ole Miss, and I, I know kind of what he inherited um, because I coached in that game, and and I know what the outcome was. And um, I think it was a it, it's a great testament to his vision, to his work ethic, to his staff to his administration being patient and allowing him to go have the years he needed to to recruit and the dividends are paying off greatly. I mean, they're uh, one of the gold standards in college football right now. And, you know, you're recruiting a top three class every single year and that's, that's hard to compete with and, and they're well coached. And so, you know, you got to give them credit. Um, I know it's a rivalry game, but the truth is the truth. And uh, he's built a dang good football program there. With So that means a lot of things. Or it means he's got the support from the administration. It means he's got the support from the fans. And um, I, I don't know how long it took him. I don't know. What did it take him, three years or so to to get there or four years? I, I don't know. Some of y'all could, could do the research, but. His second year, that's, I don't know that that's accurate, but um, uh, anyway, so um, he did it pretty fast then. That's, that's pretty impressive. It's even more impressive. 
Yeah, he did. He made it his second year. That was the uh, year they played. Uh, the first time they played Alabama National Championship game, Jake Fromm at quarterback. And uh, Tua, second half. Uh, Georgia fans, <laughs> not happy when they hear about that one. Uh, Hugh Freeze was also asked about patience. He goes, I don't get to decide that. The good thing is I don't worry about that anymore. I used to, but I am older now. I am comfortable in the way that we are building this program. I worry about our fans too, but I can't control their patient level. Look, that's just how it is. That's how people impatient look. You look on social media, there's already people after this loss against Texas and say, oh, Hugh Freeze is Gus Malzahn 2.0, and we need to find another coach. So you're just going to have that. It's going to happen. It's all about the process of building this team. It's, and the big thing, I think, too, you need to see if you're an Auburn fan, just improvement over the season. And that's what you need to look at. You need to see improvement this Saturday. Uh, I think it's not realistic to expect a win against Georgia, but improvement, competitive, um, hanging in there, just playing better, and you're at home. So that's not that's not unfair to expect on that front. And he also on the, the talent gap and the message to the players. He said he's all, always truthful with the team. I tell them to be very – clear on the fact that I've never walked into a game thinking we can't win and they shouldn't either. That's the important thing. Going into, you know what you're up against uh, when you play a team like Georgia and next up is LSU, but also going in there with that confidence and that attitude that you're going to be able to, to win the game and that you're going to be able to play well. And then John Sumrall, he also talked on Monday, uh, Troy head coach, about the upcoming matchup with Georgia State this Saturday, Georgia State, a 4-0 team so far. They just beat Coastal Carolina last week in the Sun Belt. Now, he's talked about some of the things that need to be fixed there at Troy. Uh, and he talked about offensively. So, he got to get turnovers and negative plays fixed. Could have scored more points on Saturday in their 27-24 win over West Kentucky. Uh, three turnovers were big ones. Sacks, tackles for loss, allow them. So, getting those out of the way. And I really stopped the Troy offense. Their first possession, they moved the ball pretty well. And then they had an interception that resulted in a long run back. And then West Kentucky scored. So that was an opportunity where Troy lost some points on the board. Now, Coach John Summerall did preview the upcoming matchup with Georgia State. Looking ahead to what we've got coming at us now, another really quality team. Georgia State's 4-0, 1-0 in league play. They're playing good in all three phases. They're well coached. They've got great playmakers. On offense, it starts with their quarterback, and their running back is a great player as well. They've got as good a skill on the perimeter as we've seen from a collective standpoint. Like I thought number 11 from Western Kentucky last week was maybe the best receiver we had seen by himself. This is the best collection of receivers probably that we've seen so far. Um, They've got a number of guys that can present issues for you, and their offensive line is well-coached and veteran. Tight end play is solid as well. And then defensively, um, man, I think they're – Athletic, they fly around. Number 17, their edge pass rusher is a good player. Their inside linebackers play well uh, in physical. They're good at corner. Um, they're athletic all over the place on defense. So uh, kicking game, they do a nice job. They're well coached. They're sound. So they're 4-0 and for a reason. We're 2-2. Two and two. We need to get to 3-2. and two. It's going to take a really good week of preparation and us to play a really clean game to have that opportunity. It's a tremendous challenge on the road. Uh, night game. Um, and we've got a lot of work to do to have an opportunity to win this game. So, it's all about quarterback running back. Uh, Darren Granger, quarterback for Georgia State, he's got experience there. 
994 yards, 70% completion percentage, seven touchdowns, no interceptions so far. He's also a threat on the ground with 263 yards so far and three touchdowns. Running back Marcus Carroll has 508 yards already, 5.3 average yards per carry, and eight touchdowns. He asked about head coach Sean Elliott there at Georgia State. He said team plays with physicality take on his personality, the head coach there. Because our identity, he said, hadn't felt the toughness chip on our shoulder, which is one of the many things that uh, Coach John Summerall says he He went more into it with Georgia State. He said they're playing more consistent. Uh, talking about quarterback Granger says playing like an experienced quarterback, which he is. He got asked about Gunnar Watson, says he does some really good things, uh, needs to get the ball out quicker, hits went back on the sacks. You know, that could be many different things, the protection, uh, receivers, the blocking, stuff like that. But he also quarterback getting the ball out quick. But he said he shows good leadership, Good job of putting the ball where it needs to be. So very, very complimentary of Gunnar Watson. And a couple of other things to get to before we get out of here on this Tuesday edition of the show. Uh, the SEC announced the week six schedule, which will be on October 7th. The 11 o'clock games, LSU will be at Missouri. That'll be on ESPN. Western Michigan at Mississippi State will be on the SEC Network. At 2.30, Alabama at Texas A&M on CBS. At 3 o'clock on the SEC Network will be Vanderbilt at Florida. At 6 o'clock on ESPN will be Kentucky at Georgia. I think that and Alabama and will be the best two games of that weekend, just looking at it right now. At 6.30 on the SEC Network, you'll have Arkansas at Ole Miss. And that's going to do it for this edition of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. Thank you for checking out today's show here on the Tuesday edition. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with A.J. Spur. Be back tomorrow. I'll be joined by Troy Sadowski, 1988 All-American Georgia tight end and 10-year NFL veteran. Get his thoughts on Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, get his thoughts on his meeting with tight end Brock Bowers and also looking ahead to the Auburn-Georgia matchup. Remember, you can follow me on social media at PJordanSCC. Find a podcast on wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcast. You can always email me at sports.fieldjordan at gmail.com. Hope everybody has a great Tuesday. Talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in to today's Wiregrass Daily News Sports. Make sure to tune back in tomorrow for more of the sports you love in the Wiregrass. Check out the podcast at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Continue the conversation and connect with Philip on social media at PJordanSEC.